Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about Topor. Is it a good place to invest? And I've got some new data for you. Now, this came from a question from a listener of the show at our most recent webinar, Rex. And Rex said, hey, I went to Topor for a weekend and stopped it at an open home just as we're passing by. Only 15 rentals available at the moment in all of Topor. Now, the agent said they have pages of people wanting to rent. So there must be a reason why you've never mentioned it as a place to invest on your podcast. Well, Rex, we've jumped through all of the data and we've got a good update for you on the Topor property market. Now, Andrew, give us some context about Topor for anybody who hasn't been there in a while. Kind of how big is it? I've never been there. Have you been there? Of course, I've been to Topol. All right, it's because you're a South Islander. Well, you South have, Islanders no always reason to. You guys always ignore us. It's like I hey, go to Queenstown. Well, no. Do you know what? All you South Islanders complain. Oh, the North Islanders never come and see us. They never. Oh, no, they, they, no, I've never complained about that. No, I hear. I hear it all the time. <laughs> so you haven't even been to Topol. So where is it for anybody in the South Island who right. hasn't been there? Who doesn't want to go? It's in the Waikato. And it's pretty small. So there's only about 26,000 people that live there. So it's smaller than Timaru, Whangarei, Blenheim, Rotorua. So it's just not, it's not a huge place. Now, it is a real lifestyle city. So actually, I do have a lot of investors that I work with that have got batches there. So it's a real popular spot for tourists. Again, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, I've got an investment property there. I put it on book a batch. Yeah, and they go there. They like big boating scene around the lake. People like to go out there and fishing. And- you know, lots of fun stuff. There. I think Manuel once told me, rang me after being there on holiday and said, I want to get investment property in Taupo. And even one of our financial advisors, Kathy, has a batch in the Taupo district around the other side of the lake, I think in Turangi. Now, how does Taupo stack up, though, in terms of an investment? Now, what's interesting there is, according to the latest data, the average house price in Taupo is $830,000, according to CoreLogic. Now, if we compare that to Places with similar populations, you know, Blenheim, $683,000, Rotorua, which is only about an hour drive away, $634,000, and Wanganui, which again, Wanganui has more people living in it than Taupo, the township. Average house price of Wanganui, only $500,000. So if we think about specifically Rotorua and Taupo, given that Rotorua is an hour drive away and it's got about two times the population, there is a massive $200,000 difference in price. So Topo being the more lifestyle city, sorry for anybody at Rotorua, by the way, and Topo being the tourism hotspot, even though, of course, Rotorua is very popular as well, Topo house prices are $200,000 more expensive. And actually, Topo house prices are higher than in Hamilton, Christchurch, and Dunedin. Really? Yeah, average house price in Christchurch is $100,000 less than Topo. Dunedin, average house price more than $200,000 less. Hamilton, 30K less than Topor. So Topor is a very expensive place to buy an investment property in compared to places with similar populations and even compared to some of our major cities in New Zealand. And so it's, it's not what I'd consider an affordable place to invest. But Andrew, Rex is specifically asking about rental demand. What are you seeing in terms of the market there? Well, Rex is correct in saying that there aren't many rentals available there at the moment. In fact, there's 21 in total for all of Taupo right now. Now, if we put that down into the population, that means that there are five rental properties per 10,000 people. That sounds like nothing. It sounds like nothing at all. So five rental properties currently available 
And of course, not all of those 10,000 people are renters and not all of those 10,000 people are looking right now, but it doesn't sound like a lot. Now, how does that compare to cities with similar population sizes? So Rotorua has got slightly more, 6.8, but Blenheim or Marlborough, four. Only four per 10,000 people. So yeah, 21 rental listings currently available in Blenheim and there's about 52,000 people who live in that district. So again, four per 10,000 people is not a lot. And what about some other cities? Well, here, this is the interesting one. Whakatane, 1.6 per 10,000 people. Only six rental listings available right now. And I know my, my hometown of Harwood. <laughs> I, I knew you'd have to throw that in here. Well, actually, did you know there are no rentals available in Harwood at the moment listed on Trade Really? There is one in Partia, which is a 20-minute drive south. So there are only 0.3 rentals per 10,000 people in the South Tararaki district right now. I guess it goes to show that you can't just go based on the number of rental properties available per person like it just or, or available right now because there might not be a lot of demand. That might be why there isn't a lot. Well, what that really shows me is that across New Zealand, there are not many rentals available in any small town right now. So it's really tempting when you drive through a place, turn up to an open home, you hear there aren't many rentals and you think, ha, I found a hidden hotspot. And there, there aren't that many rentals available in Topol right now. But that doesn't mean that it is a better place to invest than other parts of the country because that is the case for all small towns. So it's not that there's something special about Topol right now is that there's something special or, or a real rental shortage in all small towns. So even though there aren't that many properties available in Topol right now, that's not a good reason to invest in Topol because that's the same for everywhere else. There's nothing special there. I wonder whether or not there's been much of a change since the interest deductibility rules have come in and people are putting their investment properties to more social housing. I wonder whether or not in some of these smaller areas there is less properties available because of that. I don't know if that's a flow on effect. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. One thing I've been doing recently as well to track this is I've got some new data for you. That's right. I've created a new data set. So um, some of you may know, block your ears if you work for TradeMe, but um, some of you may know that I've got a Russian guy working out hacker. of- He's a hacker. He's not a hacker. That, that, I call him a hacker, but he's not a hacker. He's based in, I think, Lithuania or and something. And we pay him with Bitcoin via a Swiss account. No, um, we don't. <laughs> we actually, no, he's based in Greece, but we pay him in US dollars through a Lithuanian bank account, but he's Russian living in Greece. <laughs> he does a lot of data scraping for us. So one thing that's really difficult about TradeMe is listings come on and they get taken off all of the time. And what we really want to understand if we're thinking about a rental market is not just how many rentals are on there today, but how many rentals are coming on and how quickly are they coming off? How fast are people finding a tenant? And so for the last six months, I've been scraping TradeMe every single day to see what properties are on there today and which ones have been taken off since yesterday. And okay, one property might have come on for 900 bucks a week when it was first listed, but actually when it got taken off, maybe the rent had been dropped to 850 bucks a week. So this is giving us a unique data set that no one else has. So nobody else is going to tell you the stuff that we're about to tell you because you've actually got to create the data set yourself. And what I've found is that in Topor at the moment, over the last three months, it has taken an average of 16 days for a trade me listing to go up to advertise a rental property and then for it to be taken down. Now, that gives you a rough idea of how fast or how quickly can you find a tenant in Topor. So 16 days, just over two weeks, that sounds pretty good. Doesn't mean that a tenant's moving in in just over two weeks, but you've probably found a tenant within two weeks. Now, 
How does that compare to some other places? Well, if you look at South Taranaki, my old hometown, at the moment, it's only 12 days. Wow. So it's a bit quicker to find a tenant in South Taranaki right now. That tells me it's really, really hot. You can find a tenant under two weeks in Queenstown, 11 days from the listing going up to being taken down. In fact, you might find a tenant faster than that. You might find it in seven days and then Keep it just your takes, listing up. And then it takes another four days for you to bother taking it down because, well, why would I bother unless I'm getting flooded with inquiries? What's somewhere like a main centre like Christchurch? So right now, Christchurch City, there are 714 rentals there. A lot more rentals per 10,000 people, 18 rentals per 10,000 people at the moment. So more than three times that of Topor, but it takes the same number of days to find a tenant. So it's still 16 days to put your listing on TradeMe and then to take it back down. That's the median there. So that tells me that even though there are more rentals available in Christchurch, it still takes the same amount of time to find a tenant. So that's where as well, you might say, oh, a, a property manager told me there are no rentals available in Topor at the moment. That's a sign of really good rental demand. Well, even though there are more listings in Christchurch City, because you've got more tenants, it actually takes the same amount of time to go ahead and find that tenant. So again, I'm not seeing anything particularly special about that area right now. Not to bag on Topor, but I'm just saying, okay, this is the data. Yeah, let's look at the data. Let's see what's really good about it. Now, what about overvalued, undervalued? Andrew, is Topor overvalued or undervalued right now? So at the moment, Topor is 9% overvalued based on where we would expect it to be. And do you want to talk about that? Yeah, what we're constantly looking at is how expensive is a property in each region compared to what it's been in the past. So usually I think Wellington's about 1.1, 1.2 times average New Zealand house price, right? If the average house price in New Zealand is call it $800,000, you might expect the average house price in Wellington to be about 1.2, 1.1 times that because Wellington's just more expensive than the rest of the country. Well, sometimes Wellington house prices might be above or it might be a bit below that average. And that's just because everywhere goes up at different rates. But that gives you a sense of, is Wellington looking a bit cheap or is it looking a bit expensive at the moment? And by my numbers, uh, Topol looks about 9% more expensive than I'd expect it to be. It used to be totally undervalued back in 2017, but house prices have gone up there astronomically. So if you compare the peak of the market, December 2021, with January 2015, Topol house prices went through an absolute boom. They went up 2.9 times. They almost tripled, right? In a six-year period. In six years. Oh. So it wasn't just COVID. Between 2015 and the start of 2020, house prices were up 86% already. Then COVID came along. That gave it another boost and house prices shot up even more. And so that's how we got to that position where Topol looks a bit overvalued. They've dropped back a bit now, about 15% from the peak. But I still think that it's looking a bit overvalued by the numbers that I'm running. And so I don't think there's much room for growth over the next kind of five years at least. Main reason, because you had a boom on top of the boom. First of all, house prices skyrocketed for five years before COVID. Then COVID comes along, you get another boom. And so two booms in a row, I don't think we're going to see a massive increase over the next couple of years. And I think that's a really important point to make. If you are using our overvalued, undervalued modelling on our website, just remember that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to drop over the next few years. It just means that other areas are more likely to go up at a faster rate than Topol. 
And so, Andrew, why do people think Topor is a great place to invest? Because I know you get a lot of questions about it from investors. It's like Queenstown. People fall in love with it because they go there on holiday. And let's face it, when we're on holiday, we're enjoying it. We're spending time with our family. We're thinking all positive, And then we think, oh, this would be a great place to invest. If I invest here, we can move here when we retire. But I don't know that that's how you want to be making your investment decisions. So personally, I can't see any good reason to be investing there especially if it's more expensive than Christchurch or Hamilton, you know, one of your main centres. I think people also look at the Airbnb potential and think, oh, you know, maybe I'd be able to get an Airbnb there and you might be able to and, and make it all stack up. And I'm sure some investors will invest in Topo and do very, very well. But from my perspective, looking at the current data, it's expensive, it's overvalued. There aren't that many listings, but there aren't that many listings anywhere. So that doesn't tell me there's anything special about Topo. I think the time where it might make sense, though, is if you were to get something with a fantastic yield, something that had massive Airbnb potential, you were doing way better than average, and maybe you had a growth property that was getting a 6% gross yield or something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah, yeah. You know, a real kind of unicorn deal, because I don't see a lot of capital growth potential over the next kind of five-ish years at least, is just based on what I'm seeing now. I don't see any outstanding rental potential. I think it'd, it'd have to be done on the gross yield that you're able to get. And if you're going to do that, and if you were going to go down the Airbnb path, you'd want to make sure that you had the appropriate consents and they weren't going to close it off at some stage. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to come see us in person, we're coming to Auckland, Wellington, and Christchurch. We've got our Wealth Plan Tour happening at the end of October and start of November. Just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash tickets. The early bird sale is on now. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 